That's good. So here we go. Here we are on the Ground Zero Life Without Limits podcast, and today's guest is the daughter of Nathan <laughs> Kitchen, who was my first podcast guest, amazing guy, world-class trainer, owner, slash owner of Touch Gloves, <laughs> the world-famous Muay Thai gym. And I've got his daughter on today, Amber Kitchen, who in her own right is an amazing world-class fighter. She is now a pro. She is junior world champion. And look, man, let's hit it up. Amber, how's it going? Yeah, all good, thank you. How are you? Come on, let's hear a few stats about yourself. How old are you? Your titles, what you do. Let's hear something about you. Um, I just turned 21 in February. Um, so, yeah, I'm junior world champion. Um, I'm WBC national champion. And I've just got signed to one championship. So anyone who's interested in fighting, they know it's like the biggest kind of platform. Um, it's all around Asia. So, yeah, I'm signed for four years. So that's really exciting. How long have you been pro for? So a lot of people won't realise, obviously, like your mum, Julie Kitchen, she was a 15 times world champion. Obviously, your dad was her trainer and obviously trained a lot of other world champions himself. So you come from like great stock, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> but what's your actual fight history? I mean, obviously, you grew up in the gym. I remember you years ago when you were like up to my waist height. But um, just give us a bit about your history, you know, and how you've carried it on. Because not everybody, when they grow up with something, wants to keep doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I can't even remember a time when I wasn't into Thai boxing, really. So when we was about three years old, we've got videos of us. We had a shed in our back garden. We used to train, um, spar each other, um, me and my twin sister obviously go to the gym every night with my mum and dad because I was teaching so we'd be down in the other room then we got into it a little bit more um my first fight was age nine um we used to go up country and do fights that was really good um but until about 13 so I was undefeated um until then and obviously teenagers you don't really want to be going to the gym every night and dieting and things like that so we had kind of had a break from it to see what else we liked doing didn't really stick to anything we tried like surfing and you know gymnastics all, all that sort of thing. just cornish life just all the normal yeah. things and all the rest of it yeah. oh yeah yeah um yeah it didn't really stick to any of it um i'd say about age 15 i got back into it and obviously my twin sister she didn't didn't so um, that was a bit weird because I'd never really been going on my own. She was like my training partner, but I stuck to it. Um, I said, oh, put me in kind of from, from my first couple of fights. And I struggled um, really bad with the jump from junior to adult, um, obviously, because in, in England, it's really good. Um, junior rules, you don't do head contact. So that's like the safest way. You've got body armor on, shin guards, things like that. Um, so yeah, step up to my adults. I didn't do very well to start off with. And down here, it's not much opportunity. So you do like one fight a year. And obviously when you're 15, you're like, oh, I'll train for four weeks hard, fight and then stop for six months and then get back into it. So I wasn't really focused at all. Um, I would say when I was 17, I stepped up again. Um, I started winning loads. I started going abroad. Um, and then last year, April 2019, I turned pro. Um, so I won my national WBC title locally. 
and that's when I got spotted to go on to one championship. So um, I only got signed um, last year in June, and I've only had one fight so far. I've missed out two fights because of this corona stuff. So at the um, minute, you've only had one fight as pro. Is that what you're saying? I had two fights. Two fights Yeah, two pro. fights. So, yeah, I had one, um, my WBC national title, that was pro. And now one championships, I had one fight that was in Vietnam. How many fights do you think you've had in a lifetime? <laughs> because what oh, people have got to realise yeah. is it's something you've been doing since you were knee high. Do you know what I mean? It, you've got yeah. the experience, but you've, it's something that you've gone away from and you've come back from, gone away from and come back from. What was the turning point for you that decided this is what you wanted to do as a career? Um, probably, well, it was probably when I started winning a little bit more, when I was going abroad and seeing, like, wow, like, whoever gets to go abroad at this age to go and compete and going on top stages, like, and being given that chance, it kind of made me think, right, I actually want to, you know, do this. Such a cool job traveling. I love traveling. Um, so I've, I've probably had junior fights. I think I had 15. Um, and I think I won 14 and one was a no contest. And... Um, Adults, I think I've had eight now, so two of them are pro. I get confused because I don't really keep up to date with my record. I just fight and fight, and then I say to my dad, "Oh my god, people keep asking me how many fights have I got," and he sits down and writes it all, all out. I don't yes. keep track. It's just <laughs> that man remembers everything. When I interviewed him, he's like, "Yeah, I remember that back in the summer of '97. It was a September evening, and I'm like, oh my god, how does he remember all this stuff?" Like, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Some of the bits that I love, I mean, I'm following you on Instagram. You're obviously following me. We don't really know each other as such just because me and your dad are good yeah. friends. But, like, what I'm thinking is you've been doing a lot of training over in Thailand. I mean, give people a little bit about that because I've been to Thailand. I love it. I've just come back from Bali recently, which is similar. I mean, it's just an amazing place. So what do you love training? Yeah. Just give us a little something about it all. Yeah, I, I try and go to Thailand for every fight now um, mainly just to climatize you know get over jet lag because most of my fights now are going to be in Asia so it's good to get use my body clock a bit um, better also losing weight without heat all the time in training is just like oh god um, I've got a sponsor now called Super Pro in Koh Samui so that's my like go-to place um, but also like you go to Thailand you don't know anyone you go in there and you train and for me that's like right I've pushed my limits before I've even fought because you're going out I travel on my own I go and stay on my own I train on my own and it's all about meeting new people training with new people um because down um in Hale at Touch Gloves our normal gym you're kind of with the same people all the time and obviously everyone's got their own jobs so it's hard to rely on someone to be there for your training a lot of times they go down to the gym on my own and things like that so yeah in Thailand you've got someone who's not your family so it's not like my dad you're constantly on your back saying no do this it's two hour sessions so um two hours in the morning and then two hours in the evening and it's just yeah I mean for the training there is crazy but the people are so lovely as well I, I love training there I, I think that's my go-to place now to feel 100% ready for a fight I've got to go there 
Yeah, totally. I totally get that. I mean, yeah. I've been interviewing a lot of pro athletes lately from all different walks of life, and they all say similar things. It's hard to find a good training partner. So for you, there's a lot of things you've probably got to be doing. You've got to be doing pad work. You've got to be doing hitting those roads. You've got hill sprints. You know, you've probably mm -hmm. got yeah. like strength and conditioning training. I mean, it's all in there now. And being here mm -hmm. in Cornwall, that probably is quite hard to find someone who's like yourself that you can say, right, today I go running with them. Today I do the strength training yeah. with them. So it's quite a lonely oh, yeah. life in a way, you know? So that's what yeah, and, um, pro athletes. Especially like, you don't realise how much you're, like, especially me, I'm busy day to day. I don't know how I actually fit in training when I'm down here because I've got my care job I do. I'm managing the gym. So when I'm in Thailand, I just turn my phone off because people can't call me. I'm getting emails all day, every day, and just running around doing little bits. And it does add up. So just to have a whole day to myself training, I think that's what pro athletes do. Like, you know, that, that is the way to do it. But yeah, especially like down at the gym, I don't have any um, girls down there. So I always end up sparring all the boys. Which is good. Um, lots of them. Yeah, yeah, really good. I mean, it toughens me up a bit more. Um, but the thing is, not many people at our gym are doing the A-class with the elbows. Um, so especially when you go to Thailand, they don't have any of this. Oh, when you're junior, you don't do el elbows or they just get chucked in. So, I mean, they're the best people to go and speak to and spar with. So they're sponsoring you, you're saying, at the minute. Where did you, I mean, I know your dad has been all over the shop when he goes out there, but you're saying you're going to go to Koh Samui at the minute, and that's yeah. your main base when you go and train. How did that all come about? Why there and why them in particular? Um, I went there when I was younger because um, my mum's um, was on a programme called Infusion. Um, so that is the base where they've done it. Um, so. Yeah, my manager now is the owner of Super Pro, or the manager. So, um, yeah, he just said, look, I really want you to go far. Why don't you just have a sponsorship at this place? And because I had been before and I loved it, I was just like, oh, my God, that's, like, amazing because they support my accommodation and, obviously, all my training, my private sessions with the head coach. So... I'm just like storage when I go out there. I train, I go to the accommodation and nap. I train that, but that's what I do. What What is a general training day? Just so people know, I mean, I've been there, but not everybody knows what it's like to go to Thailand and train. I mean, what, yeah. say if you went, if we talked about a week's period, what would the general week look like? Do you train twice a day? Is there like, do you go in the pool halfway, cool down? Because I mean, the temperatures are extreme. And when you first go, it's very hard to acclimatise that first week or so. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, so normal sessions, you start at 8 o'clock in the morning and you finish at 10. Um, so it depends if I'm doing a private session with a head coach or for group sessions. Um, you start off by running for a warm-up, then you go on the tyres, um, build up your calf muscles like that hurt. Then you're doing the skipping ropes, but with a thick skipping ropes. It makes a difference if anyone's ever tried a thick skipping rope it's a lot harder um <laughs> shadow boxing i mean for warm-up like it kills you off before you even started especially with the heat um in super pro they do it's good because they do lots of techniques um and also there's so many people there all different abilities um but they show you the techniques you do it on each other's gloves 
and they call you one by one to go and have your own um, session with a um, pad holder. So you do five three minute rounds. Then you come back and you're back on doing the technique. So it's, it's really good that way because you've got a mix of everything. Um, if not, I do private sessions with the head coach there, Sharoon. And yeah, that's hard. You still got to run for a warm up. Um, then you get into the ring you, and you're just constantly on the pads. I don't think he even puts the timer on. You could be like doing five minute rounds of just like constant. Um, but what I really find beneficial there is because if I do a jab, he'll be like, no, that's not right. And you've got to do a jab again and again until you've perfected it. And that's what I really need because I've got such bad habits just in our gym because no one's constantly on my back so I'm sometimes teaching or like dad's doing the group sessions things like that so that's what like I really really love about it because there. in reality you're the teacher so you are everybody else's coach so it's not very often no one's ever going to pick you up unless it's your dad or if your mum's about because I know your yeah. mum obviously was an amazing world champion like we've mentioned 15 times world champion and where does she live now by the way um, she doesn't actually live anywhere. She just goes and travels anywhere. But she's she still representing the sport, isn't she? She's still like, she does like fight hosting. She does like the whole shebang, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she does all sorts. She's super busy. I didn't realise how busy she was. I recently went Holland with her and she just non-stop working on all these different things. All the time, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Going back to what we're talking about, what is your general diet like? Because, you know, we're going to get a lot of people that are interested in sport and fitness and people want to hear all these things. So you're probably training when you go to Thailand three times a day. And what's it generally like? I mean, you're obviously not drinking any alcohol. Is there food provided there? How do you eat? Because a lot of people are going to be interested in this. Yeah. Um, well, when you're in Thailand, it's a bit different. I have Thai meals. It's hard because you... I don't normally have breakfast before I train. So when you're on to lunch, I normally have some rice and chicken or just vegetables. That's about it, all I eat. But obviously in the evenings, you can't have rice because that's carbs. And it's so hard to eat when you're in Thailand because they add so much salt. Um, I don't get it provided, so you just go to like the nearest restaurant. Um, when you're in England, um i'm not a very good cook anyway so i just have like plain chicken and vegetables every day What's and porridge like, in the morning what is your body what is your body weight for example what do you what do you weigh um for my fights i've got to be 56.7 kilos um which is normally i fight at 56 but now i'm in one championships they're so strict on getting your weigh right um, so my category is 56.7, but the catch is you have to be hydrated. So now I've got to do a three-day weigh-in. Um, the first day you check to see what weight you are, they put um, your weight down. Then they, the next day, they do a hydration test, and you've got to maintain that hydration and your weight for the next day as well. So if you don't get it, then you go on to the day of your fight, and then you know it's quite hard to get that balance because normally I cut quite a lot. Well, I don't cut a lot of weight. I normally walk around at 60 kilos. So it's only like four kilos, but like to me, I'm not like the biggest person anyway. So that is quite a lot to come off me. 
how tall are you just so people understand as well um five seven yeah so you're fairly tall so and the thing is yeah. are, you, are you a big puncher or are you more through like grinding them down work ethic because i think looking back not saying your mum didn't hit hard or kick hard but she was more of a pressure fighter than a knockout artist am i more right on that or yeah not? yeah she's yeah she was very come forward aggressive and yeah um don't know I, yeah, no, I, I, is it too early to say whether you're more of a knockout person or a pressure fighter like your mum or yeah. you just can't really no, get um, it in yet um i haven't knocked anyone out i wouldn't even say i'm a pressure fighter that's what i need to be um my last fight i just was scoring too much going backwards so i mean i think i'm different in every fight it depends you know who you're against you've got to adapt quickly um but yeah, that is what I'm working on is to be in a style like my mum a bit more because she just wasn't afraid of anything. She just walks through punches like it's nothing. So that's what I need to be like. Yeah, mum had a great chin. She would just keep going, yeah, and, yeah. going and going. But the thing yeah. is, I mean, you're only 21. So what is the long-term outlook? I mean, your mum was a pro for a very long time. I mean, I, I can't even guess how long it was now. I don't think I can even remember. But it I mean it must have yeah. been like was it ten years long or something like that? It must have been a long time. Um, yeah, I think she started fighting when she was twenty two or twenty three, mm. and yeah, probably into her thirties. So yeah, I, sh I would say about ten years. Have you got similar dreams? Um, do you want to be a pro? I mean, do, what do you think? Because I mean, you're still so young. Are you thinking, yeah, I'd like to try and carry this on into my early thirties, or have you got any outlook, or is it just all in the moment stuff at the minute? Um, well, yeah, I, would, I would definitely, well, I've got my one championship contract for four years. So that, that is my that main thing, trying to get. What, sorry, are you going to butt in? Because if you've got that contract, what does that, just so people know, what does that guarantee you? Does it guarantee you a certain amount of fights every year for the next four years? Or yeah. is there money that you can win if you come within the top three? Or what, how does it work? So people know. Yeah, um, yeah, it's three fights a year. And I'm actually being paid more than my mum ever got paid on any fight already. And this is my starting off fight. So it just shows how big a platform one championships is. So, yeah, in regards of following my mum, like she went to all these amazing places. She had like such a great career. But Thai boxing wasn't as big as it is now, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely pouring money into it. So, like I said, it's, it's definitely a good money thing. I think like as well the girl i've just fought and i lost by one point she's onto the title shot so it just shows how close i am you know to getting the biggest um shot of my life so um that would be my goal for, for four years is to want, win for one championships belt um after that i'm not, i haven't really thought much of it i'm still going to be young so hopefully they kind of redo my contract but you know, I'd love to go down like the teaching road, build for gym up more. Again, definitely um, build the sport up, uh, especially for women down in Cornwall. So I don't think, you know, many people are into Thai boxing down here as they are in London. The thing so, is, we have yeah, a just population down here. So it's like with everything, yeah, yeah. if there isn't a population, you just can't drag those people in because they're just not there. Like... If you lose 10 members and you live like in London around the outskirts, it doesn't matter because another 10 are going to walk through the door next week. 
But yeah. in Cornwall, yeah. I don't think people realise there isn't that bolt hold of people. So if you lose 10 members, it can be quite detrimental to a business. So but yeah. Yeah. I, got, I got a question that's playing on my mind because I was watching Ronda Rousey documentary the other day and how she started out as a grappler. Now, there was talk back in the day about mum taking a step over to MMA. Now, do you think that's something that you might consider in the future? Because to me, that is where the big money is. Yeah, well, um, I did try MMA before. Um, so I was going to Newquay. So that's about an hour drive doing the sessions um, at Concept Gym. Mark Rolette was my teacher and then coming back. But it's so hard when you've like got everything into Thai boxing. You've got a Thai boxing fight coming up and you need to train twice a day. It's hard to fit, you know, a whole new sport in. Uh, I didn't realise how hard all the jiu-jitsu was. Like, you just think, oh, she's martial artist. She pick up quick, but it is so hard. Um, I get asked, asked a lot, actually, if I will do MMA. And I, I would like to learn it. I think um, a new hobby, because I've only ever done Thai boxing, would I'd be really interested. But it is just finding the time. So, like I said, I've got loads of other jobs I do. Um, but, but yeah, dream, I mean, I know... it um, must be to be a full-time fighter, surely. Like, to have your own gym, yeah. which you've kind of got already, sort of, like, coinciding with your dad... And the dream must be to just be a full-time athlete, to not have to do your other job anymore. I mean, is that really, that's yeah. probably what you'd love to do, yeah? Yeah, no, definitely. And going back to doing like the jujitsu and all the rest of it, we've got a good friend in common, Becky Button, and she loves yeah. jujitsu. So, I mean, that's what I keep playing on my mind. So I keep thinking, yeah, this girl looks, she's going to be amazing, you know, she could become big and she's going to win title fights. She's already got one and all the rest of it. But the thing that's getting yeah. to me is, is she going to make that crossover? And only time will tell that, I suppose, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if you watch one championships at Stamp Fairtex, she was doing Thai boxing. And then one championships has built her up and she's moved on to MMA now. So it's just, you know, I want to win a few um, doing Thai boxing in that, but I'm sure I'm, I'll learn it some way and just one day say, yep, yeah, I'm going to do a, a fight secretly. So no one knows I've been training, but I'd be the best way. So I've got no expectations or build up for it. <laughs> totally. I mean, last time I went to Thailand, I hopped on my bike and we were in Phuket and I went to Tiger Mai Tai. And literally that place is like the Mecca now. I was walking around and I was like, what is this compared to what it was like 10 years ago? There's everything there. But what I noticed is some of the gyms that you go to with your dad and et cetera, they're more not, they're not like those gyms. They're not always as big. They're a bit more quieter and a bit more old school. <laughs> Am I right or wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, what's the um, idea behind that? Um, I just like, like stories behind gyms i mean super pro in coast Marie, that is quite a big gym um i did try out a new gym called powerhouse and that was um amazing i went there originally because um i follow them on instagram i love their story about how they've you know built it up from nothing um and there was girls there my weight so i just kind of um i think with the bigger gyms i don't think you can go get your chance on the pads as much um just things like that so yeah I just, I just tried whatever out but now I've found some I like I just stick to what I know 
you just get a better rapport with the people because it's more close yeah. knit, more family run and stuff like that. So you just feel like yeah. you're probably like a home away from home. Does that make sense? So yeah, because our our gym's like that. It's just a family run gym. I like the whole feeling of of it, and people don't take it so seriously then. What what do you what would you like the gym to become, Aaron Cornwall? Because at the minute it's been all sorts of things over the years. I mean, we've already had the story from your dad on my first podcast, but as you being the front person for the gym now, what would be your dreams for that gym? What would you like to see it become? How big would you like to see it become? Because at the minute you're in a very small facility tucked mm. away in Hale. What what would be the dream for that place to turn into? Um, yeah, we're just in like an old small garage at the moment so you know to have something a lot bigger um would be good because it's just it's such a good atmosphere down there and it's so small but i just know it's got so much more potential um and coming from our gym before where it was about four times the size you just think oh god like you're limited to what you could do in there so to make like a whole kind of wellness hub and bring lots of different aspects of um you know the sport into one that would be my my dream and i see other gyms around the country and they kind of they spend all day at the gym and it's like their their home whereas the gym in hail you go down there it's freezing cold you're like oh do you want to get in and out but i'd love somewhere where people could just like just be there all day and not you know not get bored and do private lessons and do you know open 24 7 would be good where you've got like an office where you can talk to people privately. You maybe have an option, yeah, yeah. a size ring, you know, like a weight section, runways and all the rest of it. So you've got more of yeah. train people to a higher level. I mean, I think that's got to be yeah. everyone's dream. If you're into fitness and you're a coach, you always want to give your clients the best they can have, like in, you know, with what you've got. And like you're saying, you've got an amazing yeah. place. It's got the vibe but you know it could be so much more, which is, uh, which is great, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you think, is there anybody else there that you can see up and coming, other women that are going to, uh, that sort of must look up to you, or is there any good male fighters that are coming through at the minute that you're training with, mm -hmm. that are helping you here in Cornwall? Yeah, yeah, we've got, um, at, at our gym, we've got um, Eden, he's one of our coaches as well, he's um, going to be amazing, he's, he only started last January, but he's fighting on big shows already. Um, Josh, Josh Siddle, he's really good. He's probably the best person for me sparring with because he's more of my weight. Uh, you've got Nick Harden. Um, like, there's some girls coming up. Scarlett, um, she's Eden's brother. Um, yeah, it's just like a really, just people coming up and they shock you out of nowhere. They just come in and they're amazing. It's like, wow. Um, but we got, like our local shows really show that you can come like in the gym for a couple of months and you get in and have a go and you're still doing really good there's so many names in there um but yeah i'd say um them fourth which are going to go really far wow that's cool i'm glad it's going well yeah. now look, there's another thing that i'm noticing on instagram that is the fact that you are nearly touching last time i checked 30 thousand followers from yeah. like what did you have it didn't seem like you had hardly any maybe like a thousand i'm just guessing and now you're like thirty thousand. what what's what's triggering all this off like run us through it yeah i i think well it's only 
like say last January, I only had about 3,000. I think that was from, you know, just people who I have fought before and my mom and my dad and the gym. Um, what actually started it off was Ray Joe Cornwall came down and they done a video of me in the gym training. Um, I didn't even, I wasn't prepared for it really. I was just, um, just finished work, come over. I thought it was going to be like a podcast and it wasn't. It was all we're filming. So I just done like training. It was before my WBC fight, um, which would have been in April. And they put it online and I think it just, it just went viral. It got like a million views. And I went on my Instagram the next morning and it was on private and I was going down like accepting everyone. I just thought, God, how long is this going to carry on for? So I just put my account on the public. And ever since it's just got, I think it got to like 10,000 people for the next couple of months. I, I, I suppose people see like, oh, wow, she's doing well. I'll give her a follow. And it goes on like that. Um, then I got signed to one championships and it just went up again. Like, because they've got, millions of followers from 140 different countries it goes live for free on so i mean that give it a big boost again but yeah Instagram is a massive platform now like people keep saying to me and when are you going to go back on facebook you need a business page on facebook i'm like it's boring right i'm like instagram is the way forward i love it yeah. you know what i mean it's so good and i love watching you flourish on there and you're getting more and more followers i mean what kind of stuff do you put on there do you i mean sometimes i put on there stuff of you working out are people advising you what to put on there now like food have you got people asking you what your nutrition's like like i've already done or showing you sparring more and stuff like that i mean do you have any idea what you put up or do you just put up whatever you feel like is it controlled do you, do you get what um, i mean yeah no i I, I don't really know much about social media. Like I only know the basics of putting a photo on. People probably think I do all sorts on it, but um, I try and mix it up a bit, like training. And I like to put some of my normal life on because, you know, that is a big thing. I don't, I'm not doing it all day, every day. So, um, yeah, I mean, no one really tells me what to put on and what not to. And people must think I sit on social media, like, all the time. I hate being on my phone. But I do my um, Instagram, I do the Touch Gloves Instagram, I do Touch Gloves Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, my athlete page. It's like, oh, God, I just put one photo up and turn my phone off. But, yeah, I get lots of different messages every day, mainly from people. Oh, mainly from funny, people. Like, I miss you for a sec. It's cool. Carry on. Yeah, just people around the world just asking all sorts. I get some weird messages sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. But the thing is, people don't realise this. You know what I mean? You're young. You're only 21. Yeah. You're like, you're up and coming. You're already a world champion, right? And you've got a lot to live up to. And, it, you know, you're running the gym back home. You've obviously got a job as well that you do. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? You've got all these other networks where you've got answer. And I think sometimes people won't realise looking at you that you've got all this going on in your life. And to me, you seem to be handling it really, really well. So just touching on that whilst we're on this subject, how is your mental strength game? Is there anything that you do in particular? Like people would be interested, you know, all the best fighters in the world, they've got like strength coaches, pad work coaches, nutrition coaches, people that are doing their sports massage. The list is endless. You haven't quite got all that at the minute, but I'm sure you will do as you progress for your career. But 
Yeah. What is your mental game like? Do you suffer from anxiety? Do you have depression? Is there anything like this that you think that might help people that you could throw out there? Yeah, I've got really bad anxiety. I have for years. I don't even know what really brought it on, but I just know when I'm not training or keeping busy, that is when I suffer from most. I think just sitting and overthinking. That's why I'm like so thankful I got my care job during this isolation. I'd be going mad. But um, I think that's why I don't even really enjoy the whole training and fighting, but I just know in my head, that is, if I've got a goal that I can keep myself busy and constantly doing something, then that that does benefit me. Um, last year or year before, the gym shut for six months, and that was so hard. I think you don't realise what you've got until it's gone. So I, that made me appreciate the sport like all over again and how just important it is for me to be doing something I love. When you're touching, we're not going to go too deep into it, but when you're talking about anxiety, I mean, how do you deal with it before fights? Now, some people, everybody's different, but are you okay before fights because you've actually got a purpose that you're going into? Or is your anxiety generally around just living? Do you know what I mean? Like, some people have like health anxiety where they get physical symptoms. Some just have anxiety where their mind's running too quick. Just, to, just so people get more of an understanding of what's going on with you. I mean... What, what, what is it? Yeah. What, what are your main areas that affects you? Um, a big one would be social anxiety. So meeting people is my worst nightmare. I think people think I'm quite like either shy or like quite ignorant because I'm not very vocal. Like I'm all right on video chat, but going to meet someone, I don't think people realise like I'm probably sitting there quiet because I'm thinking of like, 200 ways in my head to start a conversation like that is like for constant I constantly feel panicky or worried but it's just like what for you got no reason to be worried and before a fight it's just I haven't really dealt with it yet I mean especially my last fight was a big one because I wasn't feeling 100% I was a bit ill for a whole week coming and just um my dad went with me cornering me and I normally have Vicky Church um she's just had a baby so she couldn't go and I got her on the phone to speak to her and as soon as she spoke to me I was like get off the phone started crying before my fight I was like shaking my dad was looking at me like oh my god he's not really seen it behind the scenes before and I could see him panicking but um it's weird because as soon as you step out onto the stage it's like right okay this is what I gotta do just do it you don't the nerves kind of go and I think I've just got that in the back of my head, like it will be all right once I get up going on. I think the, the thing I hate the most is walking out because everyone's just watching you. Whereas if you're fighting, there's two of you that are watching. So um, I think that's what I dread the most. Man, I love that because obviously like I am the man of anxiety. That's what most people know me yeah. as. But what I love is the fact that you're showing other people out there that you, you just, you get on with it, right? And it's easier said yeah. than done, but you put it in perspective. You see it for what it really is. And this is where I try and help a lot of people. And just by saying what you're saying now, you are probably helping thousands of people right now by telling that message because the last person they will ever have thought of who would have anxiety is you. Because like you say, they'll say, oh, look at her. She's got everything. You know, she's a pretty girl. She's got this, this, and this. She's a pro fighter, you know, and all the rest of it. 
And what they don't realize is behind that person is actually someone who does suffer anxiety, but they get through it and they still get through life. So that is a great message that you put yeah. out to people. So Yeah, I think what, the main thing is just get pushing yourself past your comfort zone. So there's no other way you're going to be stuck in the rut for the rest of your life if you're just carrying on, you know, not doing what you want to do because of it. Because we all have thoughts, it's just whether we choose to accept them or believe them. And that's the biggest thing. You know what you're thinking isn't real. And you're just going to yeah. yourself, look, I know this isn't real. I've just got to ride with this. I know it will pass. And then boom, I'm on stage. I'm fighting. I'm fine. Or whatever it is, yeah. generally talking to people. So, I, you know what I mean? I never even knew. Me and your dad are friends. He's never said you've had any issues. And you've just literally come out of it then, which is like amazing. Yeah. But, you know... With age and experience, anxiety will change. And I'm hoping for you it'll be for the better, you know, so long term. So you yeah. can be progressive. Mm -hmm. So whilst we're touching on all this, because everybody knows that I love to do a spot of running. So what is your running game like? Because I haven't heard in this training as much running. I've seen a few hills, yeah. but where's the running? Because I was listening to a podcast the other day. Michael Bispin was there talking and he's still knocking out four miles a day. And it's kind of like a stable thing to fight is, but what's your running game like? I hate running. That is my worst thing is running. Um, but it's something you've, you've got to do. If you want to be fit, you've, you've got to do it. I think in any sport, it's got to be alongside your training. Um, if I, yeah, like now this isolation, I haven't got a fight coming up. So I've been so lazy with my running, but um if I got a fight coming up, I need to run every single day. Um, I mix up. So I would do like a shorter run would be three miles. A longer run would be five. I do for five milers, especially when I've got to lose weight, as, even if it's just slow. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially in the gym, we try and run before every evening class as well. And obviously they're all like boys at the top of their game. And I'm just in the back going, no, <laughs> keep up. I, I can't keep up with them, but I mean, that's even a good goal. When I see I'm catching up with them, I know I'm getting fitter. So um, that's my, my thing that I hate the most. <laughs> I know back in the day, we used to have to run over to like towards Newland from the old Jim Brownwell's Mill. We used to come yeah. back, do something like 10 Abbey slips, and then we'd go over to Post Office Hill if anyone was still hanging on and probably knock five of them out. And normally it would be me and um, Gary and say like your mum, you know, and we'd kind of like push her up and down and get extra out of her. But uh, yeah. yeah, I used to love the running. That's one thing obviously I love and everyone knows it, but I hadn't heard it mentioned from you, but I have <laughs> been doing a lot of hill work. And anyone who doesn't know Cornwall that well, where you live or where you're based in Hale is just the biggest sand dune over there. And you do train yeah. over there a lot, don't you, on the dunes itself. Yeah, my mum takes me before every fight and it's horrendous. But now when I haven't got a fight coming up, just, just before this corona stuff, I said, right, everyone get in the car who's fighting. I took them and it's just funny to laugh at them at the top of the hill like, yep, you know I do this, your turn. So uh, that's definitely something we're going to add into the lessons again when this is all over. Do you feel a lot of pressure that people are looking up to you? Do, like, you know, because people are going to expect a lot from you. Do, you. do you find that pressure hard to deal with? Is it something that you just, it's like water off a duck's back. You don't take it on too hard. Um, I think I used to. 
everyone's always like, oh, you're to your kitchen's daughter or, oh, your dad's training you all the time. But now I just think, like, people have seen me lose, people have seen me win. As long as I'm doing as best as I can, then what else can anyone say or do about it? I mean, I'm lots of people always used to refer to me as like, oh, that's Julie Kitchen's daughter. But now I think I've started doing my own, my own thing, especially like, as you said, the Instagram now. People know me for my own person now. So that's taken the pressure off a lot. That's amazing. I'm glad you're making your own way because sometimes it is hard when you're sitting in somebody else's shadow. And I think you are. Do you know what I mean? I think you are making your yeah. own way. Your dad told me you was very humble and like a really, really nice person. And you had like, how could I describe it? An old head on young shoulders. And yeah. you know what? He was totally right. You, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know how to find you. I didn't know how this was going to come across. And to me, like you seem totally humble and I think you're going to be an amazing champion I think you're going to go very very far and do you know what I'm going to wish you all the best because look we're coming up it's nearly time now to wrap this up yeah I've got no battery as well so yeah but right listen back. before we go where can people find you if they want to find you okay like give them the social networking um yeah my name on um, Instagram is just Amber Kitchen um touch gloves gym are always sharing my stuff because obviously it's me on there as well so i get confused sometimes um my athlete page is amber kitchen on facebook but yeah mainly it's just instagram that i just post on hey look amber thank you so much for giving me the time today to interview you you've been absolutely amazing look and i will catch you soon all right oh yeah i've been good speaking to you